Well, God bless everyone. It's really good to be here. I can't see you, but I know you're out there. Uh, uh, my wife, Nancy, come here for just a minute, would you, please? Uh, Nancy and I have 15 great grandkids and one on, one on the way. But anyway, I think most of you are, those of you that I know, I don't know how many visitors are here today. Uh, I've dealt with some real major physical issues in the last four years. And the other day, Nancy's just a real uh, hands-on, uh, won't let me do a thing, and I have to make her sit down so I can stay busy. And uh, anyway, I said something like, well, nobody knows, really knows what I've been through except the doctor and you. And then she looked at me and said, well, nobody, you really don't know what I've been through. And it just was kind of an awakening for me to think how self-centered we can become and so caught up in our own personal needs and she and I are one and I'm thankful for Nancy and, and anyway I think uh, she's not only beautiful physically but if you only knew her she's the same every, she's kind of like the Holy Ghost she brings all things to my remembrance she constantly good and bad good <laughs> yeah good and bad but anyway Nancy you can be seated now and uh I'm uh, so very thankful for Pastor Bobby, his family, and, and uh, it's always good to see Pastor Rob. And, you know, I came to Jackson many years ago under the invitation or with the invitation of Pastor Moore. Uh, I think it was Faith Assembly of God at that time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, uh, God never changes. Let me just kind of help you a little bit. We don't have to beg and plead with God to come down. He is within you. And everything that you need is within you. Jesus said, when you pray for the sick, say to them this day, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. And, uh, you know, I don't even have to do the warfare because the battle is already taken care of. It's done. And I don't have to go binding demons in heaven and, Loosening, you know, we loosen stuff that God's already loosed and <laughs> binding stuff that He's already bound. People just get so busy <clears throat> loosening and binding and so forth and so on when we're trying to punch holes in heaven to get our prayers through whenever He is right here. He is within. How many of you believe that? <clears throat> you see, I've, I've traveled for so many years. So many, so many of the same churches over the years without being critical or condemning in any way. And I would see some of the same people year after year come to the altar for salvation. Is it in Philippians, the first chapter, that it tells us that the work, the salvation, he has sealed that by his own spirit. And so, you know, it really isn't, I mean, that which is born of God cannot sin. Your spirit man is born of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody uh, help me just give me a little feedback. You see, your spirit, but it's the body and the soul or the mind, the intellect that we're dealing with. It's a, it's a mental battle. It isn't so much that we're warring against demons and uh, devils and all that as much as we are with one another. 
So anyway, I'm, I'm going to reach back a ways here. And uh, it was just something I woke up with my heart this morning. I told Pastor Bob in the office, I said, you know, I just, I, I do not, uh, I, I do not preach series. I, you know, I'm just, I got to have a word for today. I have that word. Because so many people, they get saved, they're born again, they're on their way to heaven. But then the next thing you know, they're back in the altar again, pleading and begging with God. You don't have to beg God for anything. He's your Father. It's His good pleasure to give the Holy Spirit to them who ask Him. And He's with us constantly. Let me help you just for a moment here. You see... I know already we are seated with him in heavenly places. Positional truth is we're with him already in heavenly places. So why should I plead for heaven to come down when we're there? I mean, you've got to get a revelation with God. Get some understanding. Study the word to show thyself approved. It's more than just memorizing scripture and it's more than just some kind of an emotional lift that puts goose pimples on our hide or our flesh. It is a daily walk with God, in God. It's more about walking in the Spirit than it is being filled with the Spirit, says the Word of the Lord. So I don't really come with a sermon this morning, but I do come with a Word from God because I know it's from God because it's His Word. All right? And... Uh, <clears throat> It's so very important that we consume the Word of God. Now, being dyslexic, that's not a bad confession, so don't go correcting me. It's just uh, a, an issue I've had to deal with. And when I first got saved, <laughs> I was uh, really not a good student in school, couldn't read, couldn't write, and I was just kind of a agitation to the teachers and they didn't know what to do with me. And, uh, and then when I was 33 years old, I met the Lord. For those of you that I've never met before, I just kind of want to give you a little thumbnail sketch. Uh, I met him in a real way. I was dying from an addiction in my life. I was in and out of jail from the time I was 16 until I was 33. I spent my 23rd birthday in Terrell State Hospital. I was locked up in Rust State Hospital. I spent 52 days on an AA ward, drugs, alcohol. Dr. Brown, when he was examining my body when they first put me up into detox, he said, if you don't stop this, you're going to die. Well, my grandfather died on my mama's side when he was about 45 years old from alcohol. Now, I know there's generational curses that come down through the third and the fourth generation, but what about the blessing of God that comes down to a thousand generations? You see, that grandfather passed away sitting under a shade tree. He died a drunkard's death. But then when I got saved, I found out that my great-grandfather on my dad's side was an itinerant preacher that traveled the country horseback from city to city. And so there's a mantle that came and I believe it passed over my dad, passed over my oldest brother. And ever since I was a little boy, I just believed that there was a God somewhere. I just didn't know him. I didn't know how to get to him. And, and I believe this God could do anything that he wanted to do in our lives. And I had, had this great aunt 
who is now in heaven. And she was what we would call an O-line Pentecostal lady who wore her hair up in a real high bun, you know, and her sleeves were down to her knuckles. She didn't wear any makeup, but she was a very sweet and a very tender-hearted individual. And every time I got around her, I was mesmerized. She was my grandmother's sister. And it was always, oh, bless him, bless him, Jesus, bless him, Jesus. If you got one of those books while ago, and I apologize that we didn't have more, uh, a lot of this is in that book. But I want you to listen to me really close. You know, the good thing that God has begun in you, he's going to complete that work. And there's people in this room today, I don't know you, I can't even see you really because of the lights. But you're not where you were at one time. And you're thinking, well, God never touches me anymore. But when is the last time that you touched him? He's already touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows what we have need of before we ever ask him. And there is this thing in my heart that says we should never lose our first love. I've been saved 41 years. I know him. October the 18th, 1978, I received Jesus because of the prayers of my wife who would not give up. And stayed with me when everybody else left and walked away. Hurt my parents, hurt everybody around me. And Pastor Rob, I know you have heard a lot of this stuff before, but I just need to say it today because I want to go someplace with you. But in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, it says this. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. How many of you know that God is able to make you stand? Now, it isn't about what we feel. I love it when it feels good, and it feels like that now. You know, a sister leaned over a while ago and said, oh, he's here. I think we were both crying a little bit. And, you know, uh, God's presence is a, a moving force in the earth constantly. I, you know, I just, he's always with us. He never leaves us, never forsakes us. But we faint not but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Anybody can say that they love you. I think we're just real flippant with that word. We just kind of throw it around to everybody, people that we don't even know. Oh, I love you, I love you. No, it isn't like that at all. God's love is unconditional. I mean, we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. How about you, friend? Regardless of color or nationality or creed, makes no difference. We're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And in the sight of God... But we have this, but we, but if the gospel be hid, yes, I see it now. But if the gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now somebody says, my goodness, you're dyslexic. Well, is he, the Holy Spirit, a teacher? Is he a reminder? Is he a comforter? Isn't he one that comes alongside and helps us? You see, I can't do what I do without God's help. 
And I'm in all kinds of places, all kinds of denominations, all kinds of churches and penitentiaries all over the country almost all the time. So I have to lean heavy on God. But I've learned how to rest in the Lord. <laughs> it's the resting place that we're looking for, right? For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants for Christ's sake. For God, who has commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now listen to this next verse, seventh verse. But we have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You see, we're so prone to get our eyes on personalities and, and the gifted one or those that, you know, Mr. Anointed just walked in so everybody straighten up, you know, and, you know, no, no, no. The word says the anointing you've received of him abides within you. Somebody thought I was going to come in here and talk about 2020 vision today. I know it's the first of the year and he should be talking about first fruit. No, I come with a word from God. God's after your heart. He's after your heart. <clears throat> but we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, <laughs> but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. You see, my spirit man, October the 18th, 1978, that old spirit left. The spirit of Christ came in. And then he sealed that work that he did in my heart by there is no such thing as once an alky, always an alky, once a junkie, always a junkie. Let's stop it with the excuses and take responsibility for our own lives. We are new creations in Christ. Old things have passed away in all things. They have become new. Everything's new. Every day is a new day. So four years ago, I'm diagnosed with congestive heart failure, pulmonary fibrosis, both lungs, had already taken a third of both my lungs when they found it. One doctor said, well, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, some of them have no bed manners at all. <laughs> yeah, you're going to die. Eventually, you'll just smother to death. It'll be slow. It'll be agonizing. And I said, well, I might see you later. Probably not. Bye. <laughs> Psalms 1 says, be not counseled by the ungodly. Be not counseled by the ungodly. I found me a godly doctor. Someone, I mean, I knew there was nothing they could do for me. Wanted to put me on steroids. He said, I want to give you a euphoric feeling. I said, I'm not looking for an euphoric feeling. I'm looking to get healed. So anyway, long story short, there is no more congestive heart failure. No, 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 that's the report of the doctor. He walks in, he hugs me. When he walks out, he, hug, he hugs me. He said, Eugene, you got a miracle. Really? Now, if I'm sharp-breathed, it took a third of both my lungs, so I'm believing God's for brand-new lungs. 
He's still working on me. He isn't through with me yet. It isn't over till God says. I don't care what that doctor said. I'm going to live and not die. I'm not ready. I'm, I mean, I got stuff to do. I, there's souls to be won. Watch. It's a treasure in an earthen vessel. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Watch this. You see, I'm sitting in IV rooms. There's, there's probably up to 18, maybe 20 people on IVs. I get chelation, hydrogen, ozone, doing the natural thing. And all of a sudden, congestive heart failure, it's gone. So a few other weeks ago, I'm in for a, a follow-up. And he's listening. He's very thorough in all that he does. And Dr. Ganino says to me these words. He said, I don't hear any pneumonia. I don't hear any pulmonary fibrosis and I said keep talking doc <laughs> you're talking my language now <laughs> because he sent his word and he healed them all and then somebody would go well, why are you going through what you're going through I don't know but it sure has given me a greater passion for people it's changed my life I can really say that I love you even if I don't know you. But I know God has a great plan for your life. He has brought you out to bring you in to this marvelous light. Healed by his stripes. You see, it was a fact there's pulmonary fibrosis. There's a fact that there's congestive heart failure or was. But the truth is, by his stripes. I'm healed. Yeah. Woo! Glory to God. I can't tell you how much I want to run right now, but I, you know, I want to just break loose and go for it. But, you know, when you get my age, things kind of change. <laughs> and so God has never changed in my life. Ever. He's the same, oh, today as he was then. He'll be the same tomorrow as he is right now. Watch. Listen closely. He's so good. He's a great God. I just want to read some, because see, I, I can reach all the way back. 2 Corinthians 4. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel. My wife, being raised in a missionary Baptist church, when she was a little girl, she always prayed. I was thinking, I was watching a little girl sing a while ago. When she 12 years old, and in my mind's eye, I could see Nancy at her bedside growing up. Mom and dad faithful in the church, missionary Baptist people. And every night, Nancy would pray, God... I want to marry a preacher. I want, I want a preacher. I want to marry a preacher. But I came up on her spiritually blinded side. She had no idea of the addiction in my life. I won't go into all the details. But the thing is, she wouldn't quit. You see, the word where it says in Mark 16, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. 
Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And it said, so then after that the Lord had spoken unto them that he was received up into heaven and they went forth everywhere preaching and the Lord working with them confirming the word with signs following. First year of our marriage, Nancy got filled with the Holy Ghost. Didn't change her personality or anything. She was still the quiet young lady. But her parents thought that I'd got her on drugs. <laughs> we were married two weeks and I left. She's 19 years old. You have young ladies looking for her knight in shining armor. And uh, as soon as we laid eyes on each other, I didn't want to be away from her, but I was 28 and she was 19. Now listen to me close. God has a plan for your life. You're not to be unequally yoked together. Some people just don't even want to be yoked. They just want to shack up and do their deal. And some people need to man up and do the right thing. Brother, no. There's something about commitment. There's something about being committed to the Word of God in this house. And we got floaters everywhere, man. They're from one church to the next church, and they're chasing after some kind of a blessing, some kind of emotional lift or something. I don't know. But I tell you, Jesus is the answer to it all. And whenever after the first year of our marriage, she got filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm always gone. And they're not knowing if I'm alive or dead. And then I'd get so sick, I'd call her from some street corner. She'd come and get me and take me back to the bedroom where she would pray as a little girl. I want a preacher for a husband. And I'd pass out, and she'd roll me over to keep me from strangling in my own vomit. But then she told me later when she got filled with the Holy Ghost, she said, I found that where I can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And she said, I started laying my hands on you. And I said, God, you see this drunk I call him saved. That's a buzz killer. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. (laughs) That'll get get you on the right path. And sure enough, after those years of prayer, my life was changed radically. So God's never changed. Did he not promise in his word? He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Lord, I'm with you to the ends of the ages. He said, my, my father holds you in the hollow of his hand and no man can pluck you out. Not even yourself. I'm going to tell you, the most miserable person on this earth is one that is backslidden. And what we need to do is come alongside and love them and let them know that the kingdom hasn't left them. They chose to walk away. Come on, let's love them. We sing these songs about love, (sighs) restoration. Come on, somebody help me just a little bit here. He says, I'm Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which was, and the Almighty. Which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, I'm reading to you out of Revelation 1 here. I guess you don't even know where I'm at. I barely do. 
<laughs> Wait. Let me, let me get in the right place here. No, no, let me read that to you. It says, I, John, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and presence of Jesus Christ, was in the spirit on the, on the, was on the Isle of Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of the Lord of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit of the Lord's day and I heard behind me a great voice. And as I turned as the sound of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. <clears throat> what thou seest write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Let me just move ahead here a little bit. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. Listen to this. I turned to see the voice that spake with me. How many of you remember Adam and Eve in the garden? And they hid after the fall. And they covered themselves. And God says to them, and they said, we heard your voice walking in the garden. Come on, he is, he is spirit, isn't he? Can't see him. I can hear him. Can't see him. No, but he's handling me, my life tenderly. He's working on me. He's not giving up on me. Watch. You see, I, I, I recovered, and a year ago, I got very sick with a strand of flu and pneumonia, put me in the hospital, I didn't even know where I was at, and set me completely back. Some people quit on a cold sore, Pastor, or somebody looked at them wrong, or said the wrong thing, or didn't greet them properly, or I don't know what it is that caused people to walk away, but the God have, has consumed my life is a consuming fire. And it burns eternally. Watch. I turned to see the voices paint with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Now I'm going to move out of this because I'm not going there. Under the, <clears throat> under the angel in the second chapter, it says, of the church of, of Ephesus, Write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven candlesticks in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the stars, the seven golden candlesticks. Listen now, listen to me. You see, we're so busy. You're busy, I'm busy. We just, but I want to go back for a moment. October the 18th, 1978. I couldn't wait to tell my mom and dad, I'll never call you from another drunk tank. I will never again call you from another state institution. I will never call you again in the midst of withdrawal begging for money. I want you to know I'm so very sorry that I've hurt you and I love you and I'm asking for your forgiveness that God who forgave me has never changed. He's with me now, even though it seems as though I've been through hell for four years 
And Pastor Rob is going, what do you think? What do you? Well, it's changed my life. It's changed my heart. It's changed my, my motive, my, my thinking. It's changed everything about me. It's given me more consideration for my own spouse, really not understanding what all she's going through, how self-centered we become. I said it a while ago. It says, I know thy works. We think works, busyness, is spiritual. We're just so busy. We think it's ministry. I don't think so. I think we're just cumbered. We're just covered with busyness. We have lost that intimacy somehow where we used to just get on our face and rot out the carpet with our tears over souls that need God. Something that seems as though has departed. No, he's never left. He is right there. He's right there. I know thy works. I know thy labor. I know thy patience and how thou canst bear them which are evil and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hath found them liars. How many times has it, has it happened to you? People disappoint you. Hey, we're all human. We're flesh and blood, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We do have a soul our intellect, our emotions, but we are a spirit being that is sealed by the Spirit of God. I'm going to say it again. You are sealed. I'm not talking about the seven seals in Revelation. I'm not talking about John and the scrolls being open. I'm talking about Christ has sealed that work of salvation in your life, friend. And He will never change His mind one whit about you. You're the apple of His eye. You're the accepted and the beloved. You're the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He is your strength. I've had people say, man, how do you just keep going and keep going and keep going? Because I refuse to sit down and die. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to live and declare the works of God. Watch. And hath born and hath... Patience, and for my name's sake, hath labored and hath not fainted. Now, wait a minute. Nevertheless, you see, we just run around telling, oh, everything's hunky-dory. It's all good. It's all fine. You're okay. I'm okay. When on the inside, we need to get the mask off. There's those of us that need to return to first love. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Oh, honey, he just loves you so much. Oh, he's crazy about you. But how do we feel about him? What was that first bathing like when his blood washed over our life? What was it like the next morning when you woke up and you felt like the little boy or the little girl all over again? Everything seemed to be brand new and it was because He makes all things new. 
but we've just taken the blessing of God for granted. Oh, I'm blessed, you're blessed, bless God. Oh, we're on our way to heaven. Listen, there's people outside these four walls that need your word. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Man, I know people who were on fire for God, and they backslid over to deer hunting. Now, they're not where they were at one time. Everything else has first place. Priority, priority, priority. You're not going to leave home without that cell phone, but you can forget your Bible. You're going to flip through that cell phone several times a day looking for a text when there's all kinds in this Word right here. You're going to turn around and go back home for that Bible or that phone, but not the Bible. Man, am I all right today, Pastor Rob? It's not too hard, is it? I just wanted to talk to you about first love a little bit. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do thy first works, or else, boy, they don't want nobody preaching like this. Well, I come, and I'm going to preach to you. I'm just going to tell you the truth. He's the only one that can take your name out of the Lamb's book of life. And he said, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. That's a word you don't hear in church anymore. And do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove thy candle out of its place, except thou repent. You know, me and the devil agree on one thing. He hates me and I hate him. But the word declares that he is under my feet. I'm not under his feet. Friend, you got a dead man talking to you today and a dead man doesn't have to be politically correct and I refuse to be. I'm going to say what needs to be said. There's people sitting in this room right now and you're so heavily addicted. Well, the doctor prescribed it. You don't know what you've got into and you don't know how to get out. The same God that saved you can keep you. Return to the first word. You see, when I first got saved, I couldn't read. It wouldn't just, it wouldn't just being dyslexic, I just couldn't read. My mind was so burnt out that I, I couldn't maintain a thought on any one subject for any period of time. And I was so introvert, I couldn't even go into a restaurant and sit down and eat a meal. He did for me what the doctors couldn't do, the psychiatrists couldn't do, and the jailers could not do. Jesus come, and with one little touch of his blood, he gave me a new heart. He gave me a new mind. He did what my mama couldn't do, what my daddy couldn't do, what my wife couldn't do, what my children couldn't do. He did what nobody else could do. He changed me. A new creation in Christ. First love. You say, I'll never forget.
I just had a little Bible in my pocket, stammering, stuttering, spitting, sputtering, trying to read. And it just kind of, I was sitting in the corner. It just fell open, I think it's in James, where it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Draw an eye to God. He'll draw an eye to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into heaviness. Oh, we just come to church to get another fix. I got to feel good. I got to have something to make it to next Sunday where I can get another fix. We have forgotten what it's like. That intimacy with God where you can pour your heart out to Him you can tell Him the secrets of your life. And He doesn't condemn. He says, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden. Cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. First love. First love. We have this treasure in the earth and vessel that the agency of the power may be of God and not of us we need to get our eyes off of personalities and understand how special you are to God as an individual friend God has put gifts in you you have no idea there's gifts inside of you that the world will draw on God wants to use your life in a special way. You're very unique. You're going to talk to people that Billy Graham never did see while he was on this earth. You're going to reach people. You'll pray for people that are dying who Oral Roberts never laid hands on while he was on this earth. You see, I was a barber. Nancy was a hairdresser. That's how we met. I'm on the streets. The old boy called me at, called me at my mom and dad's house. You work in... Uh, you want to work? Well, not really. I'd rather sponge off my parents and let them take care of it. He said, well, I have a place for you. He said, well, I just hired a new hairdresser. She's just out of beauty school, and I want you to leave her alone. I said, well, Richard, you know I will. Eight weeks later, we're married. <laughs> Thank God. God can fix our messes. I mean, she still lived with her mom and dad. She had to be home by 12 o'clock at night, or she was docked. I don't know. It's all just, you know, them being really good Christian people. should have been dead I shouldn't have made it because somebody cared enough to pray for me her name is Nancy Nancy Lee it was shepherd and it's been green for 46 years I'm so glad you stayed 
We're together about 24-7. Somebody said, well, she's my best friend. No. We get along. Because her, her makeup, her personality. Husbands, love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Come on, listen. Listen to me. Because she wouldn't give up. Some of you had to give up, and I understand it. Because some people get mean and physically abusive. And you had to walk out of a dire situation. Nobody's blaming nobody. I'm just thankful that she didn't give up on me and loved me, the condition I was in. And to this day, she has dealt with me. And still hadn't left. What? Hang on for a minute. Together, we're one. She and I are one. Gentlemen, can I just talk to the men here for a minute? I am more polite to my wife than I am a rank stranger in a department store or in the marketplace. Thank you. I appreciate that. I honor her. Is this okay? I'm almost, I'm almost through here. I'm almost finished. But I know however I treat her is exactly how I'm treating Christ. When he's promised to never leave me. He's made a commitment to me. And he's made a commitment to you. And you can't run far enough to hide from him. He's got your number. He knows where you're at. Watch. I believe Nancy and I have made that same commitment to one another. I'm not trying to make it sound like a fluffy cloud. You know, we eat Hostess Twinkies all day and drink Diet Pepsis and float around. That isn't what it's like. When you're together 24-7, you better like each other. <laughs> you see, it's, it, it, it's different. I mean, you know I love you, Pastor. You know I love you, brother. You know I love you. But it's different being in love. And it's different when you like the person you're in love with. You see, we just grow familiar should never treat God like that. We just go so akin to the blessing of the Lord. Well, I'm blessed, hallelujah, and highly favored, I might add. Man, I've heard it. I've seen it. Been there, bought the T-shirt. But I want to go back to first base. First love. When you can't sleep at night think about when I first got saved and I looked at Nancy and I thought man I've been blessed all these years didn't even know it and I couldn't sleep I'd be resting on my cheekbone like this looking at her while she slept thinking my goodness look how God has blessed me you know what it's like when you fall in love I mean it, 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 it is the same thing with our spouse as it is our relationship with Christ we work on that we should never have to, you know, well, I, 
You know, he never touches me. No, he's constantly calling your name. You work on that relationship with one another. Nancy, can I just, I mean, she's my wife. I'll talk about her if I want to. But every now and then, she just walks into the room. What can I do for you? I just want to do something for you. I could never tell her what that means to me, how it strengthens my heart. Just let me do something for you. Our children have a good mama. But wait a minute. (laughs) We are married to Christ. Are we not? And he's saying, what can I do for you? What do you need? How can I help you? You have not because you ask not. If we just stop running the different personalities and, and different functions and all this stuff and just here I am, Lord. I need you. I want you to come and hold my heart. He's there, right there constantly. He is within. Got an old black man lives across the street from the church. Is the cane. So I had somebody, they had carved me out a nice staff, you know, good looking staff, nice staff. And I seen the old black man one day and, come here, brother, come here. I went to the office, I got that staff, and I said, I believe God wants you to have this. You would have thought I gave that old man a million dollars, but it was as unto the Lord respecting him for who this man is. And every time I see him, he's got that staff in his hand and he will run as fast as he can and grab me and hug me. It's just one little action. It's just one act. It's more than words when I say that I love you. It's an action that we need to do. If we see our brother in need, then we have the wherewithal to meet the need. Let's do it and stop praying, oh God, do something. No, you do something. church now has a a food bank. It's a good food bank. I mean, it isn't hominy and canned corn, brother. Day-old, week-old bread. Ten cafeteria tables laden with frozen chicken and frozen hams and turkeys and, I mean, just, you know, why would I give somebody something that I don't want to eat? You know what I mean? And I don't know how many people are getting saved. Fifteen minutes before the pantry opens and the ladies have got it ready for them to come in and help themselves. They come into our little auditorium and sit down and, and the word is given. And I have a, a brother that delivers the word and people come to Jesus. Monday night we have maximized manhood how to be a real man, you know. As a matter of fact, I spoke for, they called me up, no, the head man out of uh, Joel Osteen's church. He comes and he and his wife and a couple more people are sitting in the sanctuary 
And this man's crying all the way through the service. Oh, my goodness, is he all right? You know, I didn't know him. I had never seen him before. And uh, when it was all over, he approached me. He said, Brother, I hear that you can pray people through to the Holy Spirit. I said, Well, I'd love to do that. He said, Well, we're, we're having a meeting out here on this ranch. Would you come and be our speaker? And uh, I was kind of weak and physically drained. And sure, I'll be there. I didn't even preach. How I many of you know it says he confirms his word with signs following? Stay with me because I'm almost through. He confirms his word with signs following. Not the messenger, not the preacher, but the word. The word with signs following. And I said, he said, well, I want you to come. And of course, they were bringing in some, you know, well-known speakers and all that stuff. Okay, okay, okay. So whenever it finally comes time for me to step up, they take it all outside. They have this big fire going, huge fire. And uh, one of my buddies, uh, Tony Roy, men of honor, uh, he helped me step up on a bench. Two minutes. Here's what God's done. I stepped off the bench. I said, those of you that like to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you've never spoken in tongues, but you're hungry. I said, the first one of you, I want you to come as quick as you can. A young man, teenage boy, boom, he's right there. Reached over, touched him, he boom, went down speaking in tongues. And then another, and then another, and then another. And all of a sudden, we got about 50 men flat at their back. And I looked over to the head man. He's kind of like, like, and I said, brother, you all right? He said, my God, I've never seen nothing like this before. Are we missing something? Have we stopped our pursuit of God? Are we missing something? I'm asking you a question. And the next thing you know, I said, brother, you okay? So I've just never seen nothing like this. And we're not through yet. And there's a hundred men laying flat on their back under the stars speaking in tongues. Why? Because God confirms this word. Right here. These signs follow them that believe. Now let me just say to you what I, you know, it's first love. I don't know where you're at in your walk. I mean, our church, we sing good songs. We can do, I mean, you can dance, you can run, you can do whatever you want to do. <clears throat> I'm just asking a question. How's your first love? How's that, how's that first heartbeat with God? Watch. How are you today? Is there a longing within? People say, I just think there's got to be something more. Man, I'm missing something somewhere. No, no, no. No, you got it all, bro. Listen to me. He sealed that work in you. Healing is within you. Deliverance is within you. Salvation is within you. He sealed it. You're bought with a price and sealed by the Spirit of the living God. He's no respect of a person. And I'm going to say it one more time. I've said it 10,000 times. The burden of proof is no longer on the paid pulpit preacher. It's on you, the body of Christ. It's on you, friend, the body of Christ.
God wants to use your life. 